Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. I landed a contract in Italy, but I need five freelancers to make it happen. I said, sure, let's chat over coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC, take on the world. We understand that running a small business can get complicated. That's why Canada Post Solutions for Small Business offers end-to-end -end services and tools that help grow your business, plus save you time and money. Visit canadapost.ca forward slash small business for simple solutions. The Canadian Export Challenge and the Startup Canada Awards are coming to a city near you. Entrepreneurs in Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Mississauga, Montreal, and Fredericton have the opportunity for a full-day entrepreneurial experience. In the morning and afternoon, attend your one-day global accelerator where you will connect to Canada's entire trade, export, and growth ecosystem. Accepted entrepreneurs have the chance to pitch to win $25,000 in cash and up to an additional $100,000 in in-kind scaling support. In the evening, celebrate the winners of the 2019 Startup Canada Awards who are driving innovation and growing the economy in your region. Register for the Canadian Export Challenge at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC and get your tickets to your local award ceremony at startupaward.ca. a real entrepreneur helping others succeed. This is your host, Rivers Corbett, on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you and your business. Just check us out at GoForthGarage.com. That's GoForth garage.com this is ariel garden co-founder chief evangelist of muse by interaxon all right ladies and gentlemen this is going to be an interesting conversation welcome to the startup canada podcast show i'm your host rivers corbett it has taken this conversation to be prepared it's taken probably about about 45 minutes to get past all the fun conversations we've been having all the skype connections and she's still here which is fantastic really really pleased to introduce ariel garten she's a canadian entrepreneur artist and neuroscientist she 
is the co-founder and chief evangelist of Interaxon, a company that makes a brain-sensing headband called Muse. Muse helps you meditate by measuring your brain waves, letting you neurologically track your meditation habits, and it's used by hundreds of thousands of people globally. Her team's mind-reading technology has been featured in over 1,000 media pieces. The features to showcase at the Vancouver 2010 Olympics that allowed over 7,000 people control the lights on the CN Tower, Canadian Parliament Buildings, and Niagara Falls with their brains from across the country. Well, this is going to be an interesting piece to talk about. Ariel makes keynote speeches around the world on happiness, technology, and mindfulness. She also supports and advises a variety of startups. Her mission is to support women to be kick-ass in business, I totally believe it, to mentor startups and to contribute to the cutting edge of neuroscience. Ariel, hello. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show, my friend. Hello. It is my sincere pleasure to be here. Hi, 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 hi. (laughs) That's very cool. This is the fun we've been having up to this point, and she's been very gracious as we get the technical piece put together. So, So here's my first question for you. You are the complete, you're kind of like two personalities, an artist and a neuroscientist. Please explain that to our audience. So I've always just been able to do whatever I want in life. I've been very, very blessed. I imagine something and I can go learn about it or figure it out or figure out how to make it. And uh, my mom was an artist, a visual artist. And so my whole life, I thought one of the best things you could do was to create stuff, to make it, to make physical, tangible things that people could use and understand. And also to create experiences that allowed people to transform, to see the world in a different way, which is what art typically allows you to do. Mm -hmm. And I then became very interested in the brain the brain being the organ or the system that allows you to perceive, that allows you to create those shifts of perception, that allows you to have the experience of being human. So it came out of both from the side of making stuff that creates experiences and understanding the organ of ourself that helps you understand the experience and ultimately the experience of being human and being alive. How do you how do you all of a sudden became interested in the brain? There must have been somewhere along the, that story that something happened. It was a it was a light bulb moment, an experience that you had. You said, "I got to figure out more about this because I am very creative." Um, I don't know what the light bulb moment was. I would say, you know, having had a brain most of my life, I was sort of exploring it. <laughs> See, folks, um, this is the type of conversation we were having. When you first started answering this question, I said, where did this woman go that I was just having a conversation? She got all serious. And, serious all of a sudden. And it's like, where is she? This isn't the person I was talking to. Now, most I've had a brain most of my life. Please continue. I love it. She's back. So having had a brain most of my life, um, at some point, I started to query the thing that was doing the thinking, the, the, the thing that was doing the seeing. And yes. so I went to school for, um, for science. I was very fascinated by the world and how it worked. And then the brain was really like the ultimate frontier. You know, if I was fascinated by why a chemical reaction was happening or why table was hard or why salt tasted like salt, the kind of much higher question was, like, how is it that I perceive the salt tasting as salt? How is it that right. I'm perceiving this table as hard? And I started to merge these two worlds of neuroscience and art. Um, through brainwaves. So I was trying to find kind of the intersection of the two and brainwaves were something that both had real technical information that was emitting from your head at all times. And it, um, brainwaves also seem to have the sort of noumenal quality, this sort of 
magical quality. And so we started working with Dr. Steve Mann. He's the inventor of the wearable computer, and he had an early brain computer interface system, so an early BCI. Um, And we started to create concerts where by putting an electrode on the back of your head, you could start to modulate your brain state. And therefore, we would translate that into sound. And so we're literally making art with our brains and art that potentially could help you understand what was going on inside the brain. Wow. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, you must be a lot of fun at a party. I mean, people must be pulling you in 20 different directions. No, no, I want you to talk to her because of this, uh, this dual world that you live in. It's a, it's, it's really is unique. And I'm, you know, we were being jovial about it and so on, but I, I've got to think that this, obviously this discovery piece led you to your journey on, on Muse. And so can you, can you talk to us about that, that, uh, that pivotal moment, that, uh, that light bulb where you said, I'm going to connect and try to solve this problem. So it was, that was a really long journey. So I started okay. out in the research lab with Dr. Mann, and I stood back and said, like, oh, my God, we are literally controlling stuff with our brain. The world needs to know about this. And by the way, I'm pretty sure this is commercializable. I can totally see taking this out of the lab and bringing it out into the world, and that's going to be a business. Um, and from there, it took a couple of years. I got together with my co-founders, Chris Amini, who is Steve's master student, and a very good friend of mine, and Trevor Coleman. He was my boyfriend at the time's best friend. And he was right. into promotions and management and clubs and really just creating things that were fun. Um, he understood mm. product. He understood how to make an experience that people wanted to have. And we sat back and we said, all right, what can we do with this tech? And at first we thought we were going to use it in things like clubs and create experiences where people could make music with their minds, where they could play games together with their minds. Um, and then we started to really ideate where this could go and what could happen. And we were like, what's the biggest thing we could think of? And so by that point, 2008, the Olympics were coming to Canada in 2010. And we came yes. up with a proposal to control lights on some big rings at the Olympics. And we sent it off to somebody that we knew in the government. And ultimately, we ended up with this crazy project to control the lights on the CN Tower Canadian Parliament Buildings and Niagara Falls with their brain from across the country. And that's, that's it? <laughs> well, that's not it. So we were okay. people in a basement. Yeah. Um, now we're, okay. There we go. Yeah. yeah this I is the it. startup story. We were three okay, people cool. in a basement with no real idea what we were doing with the drive and passion that like, this was going to be huge and this was going to yes. change the world and we were going to figure it out. And then yes. somehow the government on Ontario trusted us to be the feature showcase of the future in Ontario at the Olympics. And all of a sudden we had to create this insane installation uh, that had to work for the entirety of the Olympics with technology that was totally unproven that nobody had ever used before, that nobody had ever tried to even like, you know, control something in another room, much less control the lights on major icons 2,000 kilometers away across the country, uh, work stably across thousands of people. Oh, and by the way, we couldn't use any English because there are people uh, all over the world, so it had to be international. Um, and they were going to pay you to do this. And luckily they paid us, but not enough to actually <laughs> execute it successfully. Um, so, so we quickly got together everyone we could find. Luckily, Chris was a U of T engineering sciences student. So we could pull a ton of engineering sciences students to hack away at this thing. And my world was the world of artists and scientists. So I was able to bring mm. in mm. awesome artists to create the experience. 
Um, and Trevor's world was the world of experience design. And somehow we managed to pull it off. Over the 17 days of the Olympics, 7,000 people got to individually control the lights on Incredible. CN Tower or Olympics with or, or Niagara Falls with their brain from across the country. And, you know, without getting into the technical piece, um, because I always like to teach entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter how it works, it's that it works. And so, uh, and the customer ultimately, yeah, may be intrigued with it, but they're more interested in the experience that that uh, that comes with it. And so what was the feedback you've got from this journey that you took during the Olympics? What, what, what was the feedback and where's it taken you? So the feedback that we got was that we had something extraordinary. People really were able to, in a very short period of time, learn how to do this, have an experience that was meaningful, get excited about it, and really feel what it was like to control something with their brain, for their brain to touch technology. Um, we're in, I think, 250 articles all over the world. So the press was excited about it. People were excited about it. Um, the government was pleased. And so we walked away from this literally on top of the world. We said, okay, we, we have this technology that is going to change people's lives. We can do anything we want. Um, and then we stood back and we're like, okay, but what are we actually going to do? So we went on to explore all the different ways that we thought this technology could work to help people. And we made, um, thought controlled video games and thought controlled beer taps and thought controlled slot car machines and thought controlled lighting and thought controlled rooms. Um, and it was all super cool for about three minutes when you tried it. Um, but yes. when it was actually going to be installed in a house or if you're going to use your toaster like this regularly, it was really <laughs> yeah. just frustrating. <laughs> it really didn't yeah. work. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> it sounded yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, looked great. Well, you can video. do it around the world. Why can't you do it in the basement? I love it. Or yeah. in the kitchen. That's brilliant. Yeah. But really it's honestly easier to turn your lights on and off with a clapper <laughs> than it is to try to do it with your brain. <laughs> oh, that's so. funny. So we ultimately stood back and said, okay, like, how are we really going to use this in a way that's going to move people's lives forward? And we recognized then this process of teaching people to control their brain, to try to control the light, to focus, to relax, to shift brain state, to then control something else in the world. What we we're actually doing was teaching them to control their brain, to control their own brain state. And that it was really far more valuable to turn this technology inward and use it to control your own mind than it was to try to control the technology that was around you. And that was the beginning of the path to Muse as it now exists. So Muse is now a meditation tool used by hundreds of thousands of people around the world to teach you to meditate, to show you what goes on in the black box of your mind during meditation and give you real-time feedback during that process. So so move to meditation for me. So I, I get it. I get where you went with it and so on, but you've ended up in this space of meditation. What brought you there? So we started by, you know, recognizing that we're using this to help people focus or relax, which sounds a lot like the benefits of meditation. And so this was like early 2011, 2012. And at that point, we were branding it as a cognitive trainer. This thing is going to teach you to focus, can teach you to relax. You know, you focus all <laughs> your energy on it. The slider will move. The thing will get brighter. It'll get bigger. Your brain will get stronger. Woo! Like icons of little brains doing bicep curls. It's going to make your brain strong. <laughs> um, I can't believe you're a Libra. I really can't believe you're a Libra. She said this to me beforehand, by the way, because this, again, this is a conversation we were having. Like, I love your personality. and the, But the, the neuroscience and the, and the artist, that's really, really where it's all explained. You're able to balance that out. So I just, I'm, just, I'm just loving this conversation. Keep going. Don't stop. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> so after thinking that we were going to help people control their minds, um, 
we ran around and we started pitching VCs. And every now and again, somebody would say, they tried and they'd be like, isn't this like meditation? And we'd be like, shh, do you think meditation is weird? Or are you into meditation? And they'd be like, shh, I'm into meditation. Don't tell anybody. And we'd be like, yes, it's meditation. Don't tell anyone. Because this was still in like the early age before meditation was a front, you know, front page thing. And we would go around and we do VC pitches. And occasionally when we would say it was meditation, we'd sort of get people kind of uncomfortable and they'd be like, but what's the killer app? Come on. We're like meditation. They're like, no, no, come on. What's the killer app? Well, it turns out the killer app really was meditation. Like that was the Mm -hmm. thing that got this into hundreds of thousands of of heads of households. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until meditation was on the cover of Time magazine a few years ago that all of a sudden the market for it just cracked. And now, you know, you can't turn around without somebody saying you should brush your teeth, you should eat well, and you should meditate. It's very quickly part of the trifecta of things that we all understand is good for you and that we should naturally do. Um, However, you know, we all know how to eat well and we all know how to brush our teeth and we all know how to go to the gym. We've under, we understand that, but most people still don't understand how to meditate and mm-hmm. what you should really do to make it happen and to uh, encourage yourself to be good for it, good at it. And so Muse became the tool that really teaches you how to do that. So, so uh, I said I wasn't going to get technical, but I just so our, our audience knows. Okay, they, your, your, uh, the Muse arrives at my house or my office or wherever, and what, what do I do to actually? Uh, activate it. And so I can start to enjoy the great benefits from it. Sure. So Muse arrives with our handy free two-day shipping. Um, you take it out. Handy. Box, you sl- slip it on your head and flips on just like a pair of glasses. It automatically connects to an app on your smartphone or tablet. And then Muse reads your brain activity while you meditate and it gives you real-time feedback. So in meditation, what you're doing in a basic focused attention on the breath, so you focus your attention on your breath, your mind wanders, you notice your mind has wandered, and you bring it back. That's the basic sort of action of meditation. Focus on your breath, mind wanders, notice, return. What Mm. Muse does is it gives you real-time feedback through that whole process to show you what to do and to let you know when you're doing it right and to encourage you to return back to your breath really efficiently. Okay. And the metaphor we use is your mind is like the weather. So when you're thinking, when you're distracted, when your mind has wandered, you hear the weather pick up, it gets stormy. And as you come back to quiet, focused attention, the weather quiets. So it's this very simple paradigm where you're literally hearing your own mind. You're hearing when it's wandering and distracted, and that becomes the cue to bring yourself back to quiet. And so you get real-time feedback during your meditation. And then after the fact, you can also see what your brain was doing. So you get charts, graphs, scores, gamification to show you what your brain was doing, to give you points, to give you encouragement, and to keep your practice moving forward. I think it's really amazing. It's so simple, but yet so complex behind it. I mean, the secret sauce obviously is in the technology. Did you ever think you were going to be an entrepreneur? From the day I was five with a lemonade stand that sold premium lemonade with uh, raspberries and and, uh, mint leaves? Yes, I was quite sure. (laughs) (laughs) So what took you so long? (laughs) Well, you're October, you you returned four. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah, it was winter. You you get into other things. And then at five, you said, that's it. I'm going to do it. And how much did you charge for your premium lemonade? Um, I don't remember. Probably a buck, a buck 25, more than the standard lemonade. (laughs) Good stuff. I love it. Be a premium price pro. What does a Muse cost? Um, Muse, uh, US 249 for Muse 2, uh, 179 for Muse 1. And what is, what is the difference between 1 and 2? 
Um, so with Muse One, it gives you the real-time feedback on your brain, and that's where we started. And we've yes. now expanded into giving you real-time feedback on your heart, your breath, and your body during meditation. So you can actually hear the beating of your heart like the beating of a drum. You're given exercises to track and manage your breath. You can find stillness in your body. It's a like total mind-body meditation system. And um I mean, I'm, they're, 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 I, I lied, Ariel. I want to learn more about the, how this works because I'm fascinated. I think, you know, I think meditation is very solemn. It's very quiet. And, and all I hear is this, no rivers turn right. You're breathing too fast. Uh, your heart, oh, slow down. What are you thinking of? I just hear, I hear Ariel's voice, not Surrey's voice. I hear your voice in my, in my Muse application or my Muse service. You say, hey, stupid, I told you to put, breathe better. How does that all happen? Keep meditating. Keep meditating. <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> you, just, you get this perfect thing in front of you and you're just not doing it right. So how does that work? How does the interruption so, happen? It allows me to still meditate. Not mediate. Meditate. Uh, not meathead. Not mediate. Yes, meditate. No. <laughs> um, so you do not have my voice in the app. You, do, you never hear from me. Um, what you're actually hearing is really pleasant guiding sounds. So the sound of your brain is like the sound of a weather and there's multiple soundtracks that you can choose. The beating of your heart is like the beating of a drum. It's a truly beautiful experience. So we translate each and every beat of your heart into the sound of a drum beating. So you hear when it speeds up and you hear when it slows down. And what that does is it um, hones your interoception. Your interoception is the ability to perceive your body's reactions. And so you start mm. to become far more in tune with your body and when your heart is racing and when it's slowing. And then the breathing exercises teach you to breathe in a way that naturally slows your heart's beating. So as you mm. breathe in, your heartbeat increases. This is just what happens physiologically. And as you breathe mm -hmm. out, your heart rate decreases. So when you're able to start breathing out with extended exhales, you're actually spending a lot more time in that time when your heart is decreasing. So that gives your entire physiology a signal to start to calm down. And so we can start to see how all these systems work together. Um, and then you get real data that shows you what's happening in your heart, your breath, your mind, your body. And so you can start to really understand how your body works and how it works for you to relax and get into the right zone. How... Um, Wondering which questions I got two on my head right now. I want to ask, but I I, I want to actually I'll tie into this one first. I'm just talking to me right now. Ariel. You just take a break. I'm just going to have a little interview with myself. So I've got a mind reading <laughs> device that you can use. If you want more insight on what's going on in there? That's who's in my head right now. You're telling me what to say to you. I love it. So Ariel, so you know, you, you, we talked about things that you should do for your day. Well, there's also things that entrepreneurs because of the, the, uh, the DNA we have, uh, should do also to help us on our journey as, as entrepreneurs. Um, what do you, what's your, you know, what's your, uh, not opinion on media meditation, sorry. Um, on specifically as it relates to entrepreneurship, what's the one where somebody who says, I'm thinking about it. I like it because those ones you have to really convince I don't want to talk about them right now. I'm talking about the people that are exploratory, inquisitive about uh, a meditation. What's the value they're going to get out of it so that they would, should invest 30 days in trying it so that then they can really understand it? So meditation is key for entrepreneurship. And I've done a lot of teaching meditation to entrepreneurs lately. I was just at Techstars the other week. Um, and entrepreneurs really get it. So mm. what you're learning when you meditate is multiple skills. The most obvious one is to handle stress, um, yes. uh, which entrepreneurs need in spades. But what you're really learning to do is how to manage your own mind. 
Mm-hmm. So most people just kind of think that their brains think them. You have like a thought and the thought just happens in your mind and then another thought happens and you have no real control over it. With meditation, what you learn is you actually can have control over the contents of your own brain. So you have a thought and rather than following it, you can now say, I can see I'm having a thought and you can choose to follow it or you can choose to let it go and bring it back to something neutral. Now, often the thoughts that we choose to follow are negative, ruminative. We've thought about them over and over again, and there's not a new solution that's coming. You know, those are the thoughts that you can learn to just let your mind go from, take your brain off of it, and put it onto something neutral. In meditation, Mm. we're putting it on the neutral object of our breath. So we just learn to come back to a neutral center. When you're doing work, for example, you can choose to return it to the document you're working on. Right. When you're working at your desk and you're trying to do a long format document, your mind wanders hundreds of times. Sometimes those are long wanders that you choose to take, like, oh, I should check my email or Facebook or this other thing, or I wonder what my colleague is doing. Sometimes those are very short wanders and you return. With meditation, what you learn to do is identify each and every one of those wanders and very quickly choose to say, I will take it, or nope, coming back to the task at hand, coming back to the task at hand to my neutral. Mm, mm, And so you're really mm. able to become far more efficient. Very cool. Yeah, and that's, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, that's ultimately what we want is efficiency because we're being pulled in 20 million different directions. And so to be able to zone it into what's important uh, for the time, I think, is is really critical because it's so easy to get distracted. So it's a, uh, I'm just reinforcing what you said, Ariel. You're doing awesome. You got it. You got it. <laughs> she got she told me I sounded like an angel, by the way, everybody. So you become more productive. You also learn to change the relationship to your emotions. So as an entrepreneur, we know that entrepreneurship is an emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Um, And typically most of us have an emotion. We feel it and then we ride it. And then it keeps coming back and coming back. And your emotion triggers thoughts about the emotion, which then ramps up the emotion, which triggers more thoughts in this circle and spiral. Mm -hmm. With meditation, what you learn to do is change the relationship to your emotions so you get off the emotional roller coaster. So you can have an emotion, and rather than saying like, oh no, I've lost the deal, and this VC is never going to invest in me, and everything's going to be terrible, and you spiral from thought to feeling to thought to feeling to thought to feeling, you can say, hey, I feel a sensation of disappointment in my chest. I feel, you know, a feeling in my throat. I feel a tightness. And I experience all those sensations. And then you leave it there. You experience it as sensation. You let the sensation rise. You let the sensation fall and then move away. And it might return a few times, but nowhere nearly as often as if you ramp it to thinking, to emotion, to thinking, to emotion, as we all tend to do. So it really helps guide the highs and lows of your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, and, and and as you say, it it will come back. And ultimately, it's a practice piece too. So the more you're able to uh, to be able to connect in the way you just said, the the less those highs and lows are going to happen. Yeah, and the better you become at making decisions, because yeah. we're so used to making decisions from a place of fear. You know, as entrepreneurs, we go forward boldly into the world, and you know, we probably are better than most people at managing the fear that we experience. Otherwise, we would never have taken the risk to start our own business or to say, yes, I can do this or bring it out into the world. Um, but as you go, most of what you encounter and most of what you're driven by is fear, the balance between fear and opportunity. And meditation really teaches you to deal with that fear, to know that it's just fear, to let it just drop away and be able to move clearly to what you need to do next. 
I know our audience is saying Rivers asked ask her how do I get how do I get in contact? How do I buy a muse? How do I how do I learn more? So I still I have some more questions. You can't go yet. because uh, you didn't you told me you didn't have a hard stop in three minutes. So <laughs> tell me so how folks uh, get to hang out with uh, with Muse. Find out more. Um so you can find Muse at choosemuse.com. You can okay. find me on all the socials, Instagram, Ariel's Musings, A-R-I-E-L-S underscore Musings, uh, Twitter, Ariel.Garten, and I have a podcast called Untangle, where we talk about all things the mind. Beautiful. How? Let's get back into the entrepreneur journey you into now. Um, you, you, you sound like you're... I hate the word busy. I'm going to say occupied during the day. Uh, talk to me about how your business works from a human resource perspective. Talk, talk about the executive team. Sure. Um, so I, we started with three founders, myself, Chris, and Trevor. Um, that was back in 2009. We grew to probably 30 or 40 people by 2015, um, or maybe 40, 45. At that point, I became pregnant, and I stepped down as the CEO. So I was the founding CEO for seven years. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. was the CTO and Trevor was the COO. Um, and then the gentleman that we ultimately brought on to be the COO was sort of your gray hair. He came from RIM. He understood hardware. He understood manufacturing. He you know, had scaled multiple businesses. He stepped into CEO when I stepped down from Atleaf. Um, and now he runs the organization. We're about 65 people all in downtown Toronto. Um, a mix between customer care, since we have a product to market, um, marketing and sales, uh, dev. We have both app dev as well as cloud dev because it's a sort of complex product, electrical engineering, logistics and manufacturing, um, and then finance, ops, and then a product team. So it's a, it's a pretty heavy team um, because there's so many pieces when you're creating a hardware product. It would be much easier if there's no physical device involved. Uh, yes, and then, of course. Yeah, and then we also have a neuroscience research team, um, sort of creating the future of our algorithms and opportunities. And then we have over two hundred different research institutions that use Muse themselves. Probably over <laughs> a thousand different neuroscientists that have used it in neuro- their neuroscience research. Um, so it's found multiple uses as a both as a meditation tool and as a clinical grade EEG that neuroscientists and institutions use for their own purposes. Tell me about the culture of Interaxon pretty amazing uh, i feel well that's the answer to that question thank you very much that's the end of the I'm show amazed. there are no words <laughs> only the sensation of awe by thrift and <laughs> cannot communicate anything else um, boring it person she was <laughs> practically it's really great so we yes. are a very diverse organization you know we try hard for diversity culturally sure. gender wise we're quite balanced male female both in terms of salaries and numbers um, nice executive team has always been heavily female, which is we're super proud of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we try not to exist in silos. And, you know, it took a long time as your team develops to find the right gel. Um, in our senior leadership team, so all of the team leads are, are the senior leaders and we come together, there's now about a dozen of us, you know, it really took a little while to find the place where we all deeply trusted one another. And we can walk step with one another. And we want one another's success even more than we want our own success. And right. that was a, that was something I learned from Derek, the now CEO. And that's something that we've all really culturally imbibed, the desire to make one another succeed and trust one another and work together effectively 
you know, above and beyond anything else. It's, it's quite awesome. Did you find that transition from, uh, from CEO to your role now? And when you came back, uh, you know, somebody else is doing that stuff and you say, wait a minute now, that's, that's my stuff. Uh, did you ever, did you find that transition hard as a co-founder? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of ego involved. Mm -hmm. Um, Stepping down as the CEO was a very, very difficult decision and provoked a bunch of anxiety. On the one hand, it was what I wanted. You know, I wanted to be able to build a company and have it exist and run without me and then be able to go and have a child and be able to give myself to to motherhood in that way. And yes. I wanted to be Marissa Mayer with, you know, a baby in my office. That to me sounded like a terrible idea for everybody involved <laughs> and the business. Um, you know, to me, success was being able to go and fully be a mom when I wanted to. But yes. on the other hand, you know, Muse was my other baby and it was extremely, extremely hard to let it go. And when I did, it was the best decision I'd ever made. You know, once I got over the fear and anxiety, what was on the other side was this extraordinary freedom and, um, and a great joy in recognizing that we together had built something that was much greater than me, much greater than, than me in any way. You know, the train was leaving the station, whether I was driving it or not. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what's your child's name? Miro. How do you spell that? M-I-R-O. N-I-R-O. Nero. Nero, yeah. Nero, okay, I'm sorry. And, uh, okay, so that's a not a gender-specific, boy or girl? Little boy. He's now three. Love it. Nice. So, uh, congratulations. Uh, how um How young is your youngest customer? So, that's an interesting question because we have lots of people who have used Muse with very young individuals. I've seen, we have like a ton of psychotherapists, psychiatrists that use Muse. And I saw a presentation from one of them showing their two and a half year old child, who I guess had a very, very large head using Muse device. So parents do choose to use it with their kids. Um, yes. We are now going through um, really thinking through our data privacy. And we've actually made the decision to turn off the ability for any child to use Muse because we don't want to be storing kids' data. Um, um, And we've never wanted to. um, And we never have. Like, you have to actually choose to join the research program. And to choose to join the research program, you have to opt in. And I'm sure, like, no three-year-old has done that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, until your child came along. Until my child came along. Or accidentally press buttons. Um, And so uh, we now say that actually Muse is not for anyone under the age of 16. Uh, What parents choose to do, parents choose to do, but uh, we will not, you know, we will not touch the head of somebody under 16 or ourselves. What's the, what's the um, story behind the name Miro? Uh, After one Miro, the abstract expressionist artist. So his middle name is Avro after the Avro arrow, you know, the Canadian aerospace engineering feat. Yes. So, very much projected in my image, uh, both an artist and a scientist. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> See, he actually becomes when he grows up and he's like, Mom, why'd you do that to me? That was stupid name. <laughs> yes, why couldn't he just be called David? He's like, What do you pronounce my name? <laughs> well, actually, David, David was a king, so that's pretty good too. <laughs> well, coming from a, a, a person that's gone through life with a very unique name in the time when it was John's, Mary's, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Bob's. He's, he's going to love his name. <laughs> I guarantee you. It's going to be, <laughs> it's awesome. So um, 
What do you do when you're not doing the magic that you do, speaking and supporting women in business and uh, all those kinds of magical things? What's what's kind of your? I don't want to say downtime because I'm sure you're going to uh, you know meditate at some point in time in your day. Yeah, I, I definitely what, do every day. What else do you do? I love dancing. I love outdoors. I love hiking. I love making stuff. Uh, also, once you have a kid, that takes up a significant amount of time. So mm-hmm. you know, I can typically found on a playground, sitting in the sand, pouring sand into a bulldozer or pretending yeah. to be a bulldozer. Ah, that's cool. That's cool. There's one of the, it's interesting you said there's a, um, uh, a woman entrepreneur who I, in, I, I interviewed a couple of months ago. Her, she owns a company called Dozer and it, it's like an Airbnb thing, but she, uh, she rents out high, uh, high big commercial uh, equipment such as bulldozers and she'll take them from somebody else's who has some time down on it and really be their coordinator like an airbnb model so when you say that's first thing that came plus i get to do a little bit of a a, a press thing there for uh, for that interview like for another cool female too. entrepreneur i'm totally <laughs> pro that love it love it so where's uh well first of all what you're it's it's you know uh, i want to get this right you know uh sorry i'm looking for my notes the the name of your company Interaxon. not the name of me interacts on so why that company because did that come first and then muse came second that or did came muse first. come first that so came we were first. clearly neuroscience nerds. So mm-hmm. in 2006 or seven, when we were trying to come up with the name for our company, um, interaxon was like the best thing. So the axon is the protrusion from the neur- neuron, the upon mm-hmm. which information travels. So axons really connect to connect neurons to one another. So interaxon uh, sort of talks about the relationship between neurons. So it's like we can connect brain to brain or interaxon. There's also the play on the word. Um, like interaction. Yes. Um, so that was our incredibly super nerdy name. And frankly, we should have changed the company name to Muse long ago because nobody knows what Interaxon is. Nobody knows how to pronounce it. <laughs> we end up with like, weird legacy questions like this. Um, uh, very cool. Um, what's, a, what's a book that you like to read that is not doesn't have meditation? I'm pausing because I think every book that I've read in the last uh, two months was strongly associated to meditation. Um, also on Entangle, I have guests coming through constantly who are meditators. So I'm reading all of their books. So that's really what's taken up a lot of my brain space. But it makes sense that you would do that. I mean, that's yes. your business, right? And, and it's your and it's a love that you have too. So it makes sense that. So um, uh, if Miro is now 16 uh, and he's coming into the business and um, and uh, the present CEO is finally stepping down and Miro's going to take over and he's sitting there with his mother who's magnificent and she says, Miro, I want you to remember this one piece of advice running this company. What's it going to be? Well, I'm going to have multiple pieces of advice. The first piece of you advice can't. is... It's, it's okay, my so first, podcast, Ariel. Okay? Right. It's not yours. All right. The one piece <laughs> Jeez, of advice... See how she stopped me there, folks? <laughs> All right. Taking control, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's, that was actually the hardest part of stepping down as the CEO, not yes. taking control of things. Yes. Somebody else makes the decisions and you're just like, okay, well, I guess that's happening. Let's, I guess we're going to go with that. Yes. Um, clearly the vestiges remain. It's like a vestigial limb. It'll just never quite go away. The desire to control, <laughs> uh, no matter how much one meditates, um, I'll allow and accept. So <laughs> the one thing that I would say is that, um, don't forget that anything is possible. You know, we started this journey 
by me telling people they could control computers with their mind and that this weird little tech in the lab was something that I was going to take and commercialize. And, you know, now there's a brain sensing headband that helps you meditate in Best Buy um, that people use for controlling tech and doing a broad range of things that Mayo Clinic is using. And so truly anything is possible. You don't have to have the skills. You don't have to have the knowledge and the resources. You just have to have the vision, the passion, the drive, and the knowledge that with enough tenacity, you can do anything. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. And let's talk about tenacity in a handy two-day delivery. Um, I'm going to say guarantee. How do you make that happen to India? <laughs> what? You said your product is delivered in two days. Oh, 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 our handy two-day delivery guarantee. Um, yeah. I was speaking to my Isn't that what I just stuff. said? It is, it was. I, I forgot my throwback to my earlier joke. I told you I was going to sway back and forth. You I did. promised it was you. Awesome. <laughs> like a ship that's rocking aloft to the yeah, That's right. Um, it's still in the water. Lord knows what's happening to them right now. <laughs> audience there's no audience so, <laughs> i do this all the time i call up i pretend i'm rivers Corbett from the startup canada podcast show you wouldn't believe the people that talk to me <laughs> no it's audience you now have a living room filled with freebie swag from canadian companies you're part of a, a big study a research study <laughs> it's rivers corbett convince you to give you <laughs> to give you knowledge and information pretty much uh, for their personal good. Oh, uh, you're fine. Under the guise okay, of inspiring and um, so, so our two-day guarantee. So yeah. that's in North America. Uh, we also okay. have so we have a warehouse in uh, outside of Toronto, warehouse outside of LA. Um, and because we were seeing a lot of pull from Europe, we actually recently expanded into the European market. We opened uh division in Ireland. Uh, Ireland nice. is constantly trying to attract you because the sort of mm. tax-free shelter in the, in the EU. Mm-hmm. So we took their call. Um, we have a warehouse in Ireland and a very small entity with, you know, one, one employee. And so we shipped all of Europe from there. So guaranteed is not <laughs> apply to India. I just, I just <laughs> have this vision. We, have, we have an operation. In, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. It's just the nature of this conversation. We have one person there. <laughs> I mean, it's very candid. It's like you have to hire one employee to, you know, be part of the, the program in Ireland. Uh, uh, of course. So we have, yes. a, we have board meetings. Um, nice. Yeah, it's I, love it. love it. I love it. I love it. So you talked about distribution. Where's the, where are your products manufactured? Uh, they're manufactured in Shaman, China. Um, ah, in a really good factory that we've been working yeah. with for the last, I guess, almost ten years. There's a lot of good work done, being done by the Chinese in the area of manufacturing, and uh, I think we need, we need to uh, remind people of that. Um, good quality work, good customer service, all those things that are necessary to run a good business. So, uh, so how did you go about uh, finding the right manufacturer in China? Um, so when it came time to turn to manufacturing in China, and it's actually a really good lesson for any hardware startup, there's a ton of resources out there. It is not a limiting piece to be making a piece of hardware anymore. Um, mm. There's a company called Dragon Innovation, which will take you to China and introduce you to manufacturers. Now there's a manufacturer, PCH, that has their own startup incubator um, down in San Francisco. Uh, that's a great one to join. There are tons of hardware manufacturers, sorry, hardware incubators, where if you join one, they will take you to China. They'll help you figure out who your manufacturer is. There's a 
ton of resources. For us, a decade ago, the majority of those resources weren't in place, um, but we were lucky enough to be mentored by another Canadian startup uh, at the time, ClickFree. And what ClickFree was doing 10 years ago was they were taking hard drives that you would be able to add to your computer and then just instantly they would work, you know, on a single click. Prior to that, it was quite frustrating to set up your hard drive. Again, this is right. ancient, you know, 10 years ago, ancient technology. Um, yes. And they were using Intratech as a manufacturer. Um, so the process that we did was we found a few people from RIM. At that point, RIM was just laying off folks in droves. So we were able to get some really fantastic hardware folks who had been making Blackberries um, and working with factories in China. And they kind of took us under their wing. We hired them and they ah. helped us through the initial manufacturing pro process. And we ultimately went with ClickFree's manufacturer, Intratech, which is our manufacturer. Um, and if any Canadian start startup is curious about Intratech as a manufacturer, I'm happy to make that introduction as well. My last question for today, what's been the most wonderful surprise on your journey not as an artist, not as a neuros say neurosurgeon, <laughs> a neuroscientist, but as an entrepreneur. The most, oh my God, I might even cry while I say that. The most fantastic, like delightful experience was how amazing people have been in helping this come to fruition. Nice. You know, I went to San Francisco and everybody's just like, this is amazing. How can we help you? Yeah. You know, people have believed in this, believed in me, believed in the product, joined the team. And the most amazing part of this is how people come together to create something together. And whether that means that, you know, they're actually a part of your team or they're just somebody who's giving you an introduction or advice, it's really extraordinary. Like the ability for people to come together in positive ways and to help and support one another is so mm. beautiful. Mm. And, you know, through Muse, what we're doing is we're teaching people to have better lives, to bring down their fear, to be able to interact with one another. And we hear such extraordinary stories of people whose lives are better. So, you know, the most delightful part of all of this is the human factor, you know, the ways in which both the journey of this and the product itself, you know, help people connect and just make life feel better. Miro and Muse are in good hands with you there, my friend. And uh, in, in all seriousness, it's been a real joy and an honor to have this conversation with you today. Can you give us, a, uh, I know this is one more question thing, but this one's important. Tell us again how we can hang out with Muse and hang out with you personally, because there's lots of articles and, and you're speaking around the world and so on. I want to get people to hang out with you more. Oh, awesome. Um, so you can, again, find Muse at choosemuse.com. Find me on the social, Ariel's Musings on Instagram, um, Untangle the Podcast, my own website to track where I'm speaking, arielgarten.com. And if you see me, come up and give me a hug. <laughs> I love it. Well, you keep happening. I like to use the word rock star. And you said uh, when we get started about uh, ready to rock. So thank you so much for this journey. It's been my one of my favorite words, epic. And uh, just keep on happening, my friend. Thank you so much. This has been a ton of fun. and wishing Good. joy and success to you and to everyone listening. Lovely. Cheers. Have an awesome day. 
thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 